Good morning, friends. Daniel here with the Sunrise Podcast for Tuesday, April 14th. It is good to be with you. Uh, first, apologies yesterday for not having a podcast for us. Had some technical difficulties. Couldn't get the uh, ye old computer machine to uh, to really do anything, and so we just sort of said, "All right, well, a day, a day off. Not a terrible, uh, not a terrible thing." Um, and before I dive into what I want to talk about today, which uh, um. I want to just kind of mention something I talked about yesterday, or Monday, in uh, or Sunday, not Monday, Sunday, because uh, again here, like not to get to the punchline of the podcast too soon, but like time is weird right now. Structure's gone. Days are funny. What day is it? Uh, okay, but anyways, the thing we talked about, or I talked about this on Sunday, is there's the uh, the, the the Easter greeting that has become fairly, at least in in, in the West and in my communities, um, become pretty normative, which is uh, for a person to say he is risen or Christ is risen, and then the response to be he is risen indeed. And it's uh, gotten to this point where um, it's so automatic to say and respond to that we are, I think, uh, in danger. If we're not quite in danger yet, we are approaching the danger of it just being sort of like a thing you say. Um, and so I've been doing some adjusting with it to sort of keep myself a little bit, uh, I don't know, connected with it, understanding, exploring, remembering what it means. I actually think that that's one of the biggest problems in, um, our faith communities, our churches, uh, is that we we just assume everybody knows what a thing means or we don't talk about what something means. And when you don't do that, that's how you get to things being meaningless. It's just it's just how it works. So anyway, so I've I've done that. I've made this shift. And so um, when someone uh, greets me, he is risen. I will say one of three things in response. I'll say he is risen indeed, which sometimes I'll say he is risen in me. Uh, although that's not my favorite one because it's when someone says it to you and you say it back, it sounds a little... Uh, you know, it's true, but um, it paints the picture of you thinking about yourself. Uh, or my favorite is he is risen, and then the response being he is risen in us. And the idea here is just to remember that it is indeed true that Christ is risen. And that has an impact on me, you, has an impact on us. There's a way in which the resurrection of the Christ changes how we live and it has a change in how we live together, how we do sacred community, or maybe uh, in that our community can become sacred in light of resurrection and, and new life. So anyways, um, he's risen. And then you say he is risen indeed. He's risen. He is risen in me. He is risen. He is risen in us. Ah, all right. Whew, it's a... It's a it's a strange time to be thinking about Easter uh, while we can't leave our homes. It almost feels biblical, like the, the first days after the resurrection when the disciples, the followers, the friends of Jesus didn't leave their house for fear. Um, and I want to think actually about what, what our current circumstances are doing to us. Um, you know, we've had some conversations in the last uh, few days around our house in particular about like what bedtime should be for uh, for, for kids in school, what a time should you go to bed if you don't have to get up in the morning for that school bus? And if you get up at 1130, your first meal of the day isn't breakfast, it's lunch, right? Breakfast isn't the first thing you eat. Breakfast is in the morning, or at least that's how, how we've been talking about it. Maybe it's wrong. I don't know. But right, like when, when there's almost no structure to our days, 
How do we tell time? When do we go to bed? When do we get up? How do we make this whole thing work? Is it a good thing or a bad thing to have these structures adjust the way they do or they have or that they don't exist? Uh, and then what about, um, a second question, what about an, uh, our even heavier use of technology and screens during this time? Usually I type these things out. I, you know, of course I use email and all that stuff. Um, and I'm using them still, duh, uh, spreadsheets, you know, to share things with people. But I've found myself in the last few weeks... Um, going more to paper you can feel it. i got it in my hand uh because i don't know less screens the better in some ways um so there's you know there's th that piece um you know so usually i type but now i'm writing with pen and paper um and also like right now we are engaging with the technology and the screens because we have to it is a thing we rely on for our community and for our relation for our relationships to continue where before this whole stay at home covid19 thing our use of technology was actually just connected to our preferences we didn't have to look down at our phones in the grocery store we just chose to look down at our phones we didn't have to sit on our couch uh, with our phones out and our TVs on, we chose to, right? And now this the technology, the, the ability of technology to connect us has really come through and revealed itself as uh, a really important tool in relationships. Uh, you can do it without it. And then, you know, there's just this really interest, like, does that have an impact on it? Like, does it matter that before it was choice and now it's, there's really no choice or you could, I think you can make a strong case that there's, really live very little choice to, to be safe and healthy and um, to engage with technology at a pretty heavy level. And I, you know, these are important questions about our structure, how we spend our time. It's an important question about how do we do relationships? Um, you know, with the, the social quarantine, the spacing stuff, I found as I've, you know, watched some television, watched some shows, stream on the old Netflix account, um, I see things like The Office or Parks and Rec or whatever I'm watching, and I notice people, like, give high fives and shake, and I cringe. I actually have a visceral, physical re reaction to, and it's been, what, three weeks, four weeks? Like, I have changed at a core level, at, like, a code level, how I feel about people engaging in what was normal, safe, healthy behavior four weeks ago or four months ago, depending on how you're doing the math. How does this all change the way we see each other? Um, really, my question is, how is this space we're in forming us? Who are we becoming right now? So kind of what the plan is here is over the next few weeks, um, we'll be suspending some significant time exploring, um, kind of importing some intentionalness to our lives. I've written this thing, and this is kind of how I'm thinking about it. Um, it's a run-on sentence, so just let the run-on happen to you. Don't, you know. Uh, how can we explore with the intention to establish a renewed normal a daily way, a rhythm, a shape, a rule for living in light of resurrection and the COVID-19 pandemic. 
The question is, who are we becoming? And this stay-at-home order is offering us a growth opportunity. It's offering us space to ask some questions that don't come around all that often. I've said this before. I think this is a you know once-in-a-lifetime, a once-in-a-generation a, a or two or three moment. I believe we're going to look back on this and we will mark this as a place where we took some significant steps as a society. I mean, just one thing, you know, like the honor we are now bestowing upon people who work in grocery stores. Being a grocer, there is now an easy, available way to understand that as a meaningful, critical, essential calling and way of living and serving um, our communities. I mean, this is like, you know, what is that? How does that happen? Where did it go? How did we lose it? How do we forget how important that was? And now this moment is offering us an opportunity to return to that and, and to remember that. So the question is, how how in this way that we're living, like what is the COVID quarantine thing doing to how to shape us? Are they good things and bad things? And then instead of just letting this stuff happen to us, let's be intentional about what we want in this space. How do we become, how do we, we take on the shape of Christ? How do we be more Christ-like um, as we walk through this time together? So here's, um, here's kind of my idea that I'm kicking around right now. I want to spend this week um, it kind of just tossing out some ideas on how we might be intentional with the way we live. And then next week, um, I want to practice them. I want to give like a slow start to it. All right. So we'll try some things out. We'll try them together. I'll invite you to try them out. We're going to kind of like take some things out for a test drive and we're going to see kind of what sticks and what doesn't. And then by week three, we'll really be um, evaluating what's working, what's not working, how to move forward in it, how to not move forward. And of course, this is all guesswork. Maybe maybe we're going to find our uh, ourselves progressing through this in a week on the podcast. And it's gonna be like, boom, done. Easy. Easy. next thing or maybe it's gonna take us four weeks we don't know but we're gonna give it a whirl we're gonna start down this path and so um, I've got a couple things that I want to just kind of drop into your brains before we dig in on them tomorrow that I'm imagining sort of us um, wanting to put into our lives ingredients that are critical and these are not just like random ideas that somebody concocted that I concocted and really want to be intentional about looking backwards, looking because because this moment we're in is so unprecedented. We have no idea like we're so disoriented and what's good and what's bad. Uh, I want to look at voices and ideas that exist from our past that have been tried and true and been have been called and seen and recognized as timeless wise practices to make people who are kind and loving and Christ-like. So we're going to really look at like some just some old things. These are oldies but goodies. And the first thing I got on my list is a prayer habit, a way to begin and end the day that is connected to God and God's spirit. And I do believe we can learn how to pray without ceasing all of the time, that we can live constantly aware of God's presence with us. A great book, by the way, for you to check out would be The Practice of the Presence by Brother Lawrence. It's little, it's wonderful. But but cultivating prayer in our lives means um, creating a couple habits to begin and to end our days. It's a good idea to begin connecting with God, not with the internet. <laughs> the first thing because that stuff sets trajectory for the day and it's a good thing to end our days that way instead of uh instead of streaming some sort of show some sort of violence stimulating show so anyway so a prayer habit beginning and ending of our days 
I want to talk about fasting. Blech, I know some of you just said, not me, I ain't going to fast. Hey, but what if instead of um, looking at it as like, if I got to fast every day or I got to fast like 24 hours, what if you just started small? Uh, one of the things I know is I get hangry and I got to temper that like uh, fasting doesn't work with me. But one of the things that I know is true is when I fast, I feel more awake to what's happening around me. I'm remembering that I can pray with my body and with my like with my choices. And when I feel hunger pain, it reminds me to pray. Uh, and the hunger, oh, man does not live by bread alone. Humans don't live by bread alone. Or give us this day our daily bread. Or remind me of how you've provided. Or remind me that there are still those in need and my responsibility to the other. Like the fasting isn't a hunger strike to get God to do things. It's a way of making sure we are living in right relationship with food and provision. Uh, so that's the second thing I think we're going to find we're going to be wanting to talk about. The third, this one's going to be tough for some of you. I know it. And you'll probably just stop listening right now after I say it. But um, Sabbath or some type of intentional rest, leisure, delight in our lives that occurs at a weekly rhythm. And um, some of us are really good at this. In fact, some of us might be almost too good at this. We might be like experts at chilling. We might be too good. <laughs> we might have extended Sabbath into our lives too far. And then the, so for some of us, man, we just got to freaking unplug. Because this life, these things that we do, work will suck you dry. And life is more than those things. And who's going to be there when you fall apart? Because you will. If you don't unplug, if you don't find healthy rhythm in your life, that is what's going to happen. You will burn out. One way or another, your body will find rest whether that's by burning out or you finding a healthy rhythm. Now, here's the thing. You don't got to do a 24-hour thing. You don't got to start a Friday at sundown and end Saturday at sundown. You don't got to do that. There's a bunch of different ways to do this. And again, like the fasting thing, you don't got to start with the whole day. What if it was four hours? What if it was four hours on Sunday afternoon or Sunday evening and you just turned the phone off? Now, I know especially during this season where phones and screens are relationships, that can be tricky, but we're smart people. You know, we know how to do things. We know how to make things work. And um, I just think we're going to find that that's going to be a question we're going to be asking. How do we rest? How do we be intentional about remembering that this world keeps spinning without us? It was working before us, and it will work after us. And our invitation is to participate in the thing God, things God is doing absolutely 100%. And we are so critical to that, but we are not irreplaceable. Sabbath has a way of reminding us of that, making sure we don't forget about that. There's interesting things in like very strict, rigid, um, Orthodox Jewish households. They aren't even allowed to do intercessory prayer on the Sabbath. And it's an actually an act of trust that God is at work, that we can take a break. All right, so Sabbath. And then a couple more quick ones. Um, movement. Oh, man, I got to get on this one. I am not moving enough or the only movement I'm doing is from my desk to the coffee pot, to the, uh, to the kitchen, to the bathroom, to the other part of the couch. Like I'm, I'm not moving enough. I got to get my walks. I got to get my steps in. Um, this whole quarantine thing has done a, has done some things to get me just stationary. Uh, and you know, when things stop moving, they're dead. When your heart stops beating, you're dead. When the shark stops swimming, it's dead. Movement is so important. And it's a way to process stress. 
it's good stuff. Um, so movement, some habit of movement in our lives, whether it's a couple times a day. <laughs> I know I'm starting high there, but man, just even a 15-minute walk a couple times a day is, is great. Uh, community be another thing that we're going to want to import into our lives or keep in our lives or make sure we're doing it. I'm talking big community, like keep showing up on Sundays for church, come to the studies, go to the open hangs we're doing, schedule, you know, whatever, uh, you know, happy hours with your friends. I had a beer with a buddy today. Uh, and we just talked for like, it was like two hours and I couldn't believe how long it had gone. We just caught up and I had to go start dinner in the middle of the conversation and I had to go do a thing, turn off the oven. Cause again, it got left on. Right. But like, it's just like having a, <clears throat> a friend over with you in your house. Like you still got things like you can still do that. Move your phone or your phone around. Uh, Zoom is free. I just discovered this. Zoom is free for one-on-one conversations. As long as you want, you don't got to pay for it. Skype's free. FaceTime's free. Google Hangs. Like, get a Google account. Find a way to do community with people and do it in small ways, like one-on-ones. Do it in medium ways where there's six, seven, eight people. Do it in big ways. Keep showing up on Sundays to um, to our communities or, you know, um, yeah. And then also show up to the people you live with. Quantity does not equal quality. Oof. Okay, yeah, so community. Um, man, I feel like I'm forgetting some stuff, but whatever. doesn't matter because we'll get to it. So that's the whole idea. That's what we're going to be thinking about and talking about over the next couple weeks. And it is in light of the resurrection and in light of the, the thing that's before us, this growth moment opportunity in front of us where we get to do some like really smart uh, work on who we are. And what are we going to do with it? So there it is. Uh, that's what I'm doing. And then, uh, you know, that thing that I taught you at the beginning, he is risen. He is risen indeed. He is risen. He is risen in me. He is risen. He is risen in us. All right, friends. Uh, amen. Take care. Take care.